You know, it comes to, you know, a lot of areas in life, you know, we're headed into, you know, a Super Bowl. Everybody's kind of an armchair quarterback. Everybody kind of has an yep. opinion. But there's one reason they would put like, you know, uh, they, they interview uh, Joe Montana or they interview, you know, Kurt Warner's got a spot because mm -hmm. those guys were MVPs of the league. They know all about it. They have a, a, an expertise that's not just armchair, you know, quarterback. Right. They have some skin in the game. They're professionals at it. Um a lot of things like that. Everybody can kind of talk about the economy. Everybody can talk about mm -hmm. sports. Everybody can kind of talk about nutrition. I got, I got a, I got a friend who used to recommend lose weight, eat sugar-free gum, and he was <laughs> never thin. It's like, okay, uh, I'll take your advice and do it, but you're not really where I, I want to be. But I appreciate the tip. Um, you know, you need advice from people that have it. Um, you know, people are authors, PhDs in a subject. Mm -hmm. We got a guy when it comes to the economy has not one but two. PhDs went to one of the same universities as Madeleine Albright, some of the top minds, you know, in the world, even though they're deep state people, they kind of, they end up running a lot of your lives. And so mm -hmm. it's like, they must have no uh, good, good degrees and what's going on behind them. It's also the author of thriving in the economic tsunami. So an author PhD. And, and I tell you what, a guy that we've considered a great friend for over 25 years, never steered us wrong. Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yeah. Welcome. So that made me that made me laugh because it's like, yeah, some of my professors did teach Madeline Albright and Condoleezza Rice, right? Same, yeah. same professors. And um, now you didn't, you weren't, you weren't a classmate of Madeline Albright, right? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> you, that was a difference. Like Kirk's our age. <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying. I'm not I, I saying. I'm just saying. I wasn't in the same class, but it's good. But here's where it's like, how did they go down straight down the path? And I didn't It's because I slept through that class. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening because I'm not going to listening to their communist mumbo jumbo. Every day. So, they so, do pitch the communist mumbo jumbo. But, they also but, didn't get a PhD in theology either. So, you know, you got both sides of the, of the, Hey, of there's your, there's your, did you guys go to prom? Or is that, was that? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Is that the brooch you brought her for prom when you picked her up? I don't know. Yeah, she's in your carriage. She's young for me, David. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I got to ask you something. So, have you ever had a really bad day where everything oh, yeah. goes wrong and you put your hands up in the air? It's like I, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. Right? Yep. That's how I feel. The 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 monetary policy people of our country are, are right now. The mm -hmm. Bureau for Labor Statistics, everybody who's making policy, it's like they've thrown up their hands. It's like, I don't know what to do. So what do they do when they get to that position? They lie. Right. I mean, so so job numbers, for example. So the BLS comes out with these ridiculous job numbers, um, how the economy is growing. And and as we've talked about numerous times, you always nobody ever covers the revision story, right? Like if you were to make a mistake on a show and you said something that was inaccurate, everyone will just pound on you for saying something that's mm -hmm. inaccurate. So the next show you'll apologize and say, hey, I got that one wrong. I said the wrong thing. I apologize. Here's the actual story. Nobody covers that you actually apologize. They only cover the first part to discredit you, right? So same thing is true when government comes out with numbers. So for years, they've been actually coming out with these amazing job numbers and then what happens after the fact, they revise them two, three, four times, right? Downwards, because nobody ever covers the revision, but at least that way they can't get say, well, you right. lied about mm -hmm. it. It's like, well, 
they did kind of lie about it on purpose and they revised them later because they know that nobody's going to look. So, for example, the most ridiculous case of this occurred in 2022 when the Philadelphia Fed revealed yeah. that the BLS numbers had overstated job growth in the first half of the year by 1 million jobs, right? So, wow. a million. So, so here again, in, in January, <laughs> yeah, in, in January, the Biden administration claimed that they added 353,000 jobs in, in January alone, but they expected only 185,000. Okay. So how could it be that much when nobody's working, when the economy stinks, manufacturing jobs have lost jobs 18 out of the last 20 months? That's obviously a fake number, mm -hmm. right? And if it were real, then Biden administration's approval ratings wouldn't be in the toilet. They wouldn't be, right? right? Because nobody actually is working. So here's what's going to happen. They're going to revise it down and down and down and down a few times after the fact. They also say the GDP is supposedly growing at 4.2%. No, those revised numbers came down. It's actually in the 2 point something percent, right? So a bunch of lies mm -hmm. constantly because they know that people don't cover the revision story. So what doesn't lie? Ultimately, um, your wallet doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of money that banks have on hand doesn't lie. There's more withdrawals coming out than there are deposits going in because the economy truly isn't strong. Well, here's where we're about to get bank failures 2.0. I'm I hate to be this prophet of gloom and doom. I'm just looking at the math, looking what's happening. So a couple of things. Basel three. That that, you know, basically that international accord um said that the reserve requirement was was taken down to zero during COVID. They're sliding that scale up to 20% reserve requirement for banks under the assumption is hey, if banks have a bunch of money on hand and there's a run on the banks, they're gonna have enough capital so they won't have to go out of business. Right. Great in theory, horrible in practice, mm -hmm. because if you're a billion dollar bank and you have zero in reserves, and now you're forced to have two hundred million. Because if you're a billion dollar bank, 20% reserves, that's 200 million. Where are you going to get it? Right. If you're zero, where's it going to come from? Well, they can't get it. So therefore, they're out of compliance. They'll either have to go out of business or they just wait for a bigger bank to come and buy them up, which is what's happening. It's consolidation. Yeah, that's the move. Yeah. So, so this is a big deal for banks. It's going to really hurt U.S. consumers because loans aren't going to be able to go out. Right. If they have to build up their reserve requirements, they're not going to hand out any loans, which is going to hamper economic growth. But here's here's where it starts to get really squirrely. Just a few days ago, um, it was on the 24th, I believe, of January. Um, there was a new. So how do I, I do it quickly? Um so after the, the last banking crisis that we had, the Silicon Valley one, when all those five banks went under, right. um, there started to be emergency funding to the banking system, kind of like TARP. Remember the, the, the TARP thing when, when everything was happening in 2009? Well, bank term funding program was emergency funding to banks so they wouldn't go out of business, right? It's called the BTFP. Well, Banks were relying on those emergency funds to come in if they got undercapitalized so they wouldn't go out of business. This whole program 
as of last week, they determined we're going to sunset this thing on March 11th. Mm. So after March 11th, there is no more emergency funding going to banks, which what's that going to mean then for banks? They're going to have to go directly to the Fed, get interday loans, get short-term loans. Yeah. You know what the Fed said? Well, we're going to allow them to do it the old school way and get a loan from us, but we're going to raise the interest rates on it because interest rates are higher. It's like, oof. So the banking system is about to get squirrely. So what's happened is if you look at regional bank stocks, cratering. I mean, after this announcement last week, absolutely cratering. PacWest, falling off a cliff. Zions Bank, falling off a cliff. Um, Comerica Bank, falling off a cliff. So all these regional banks, their share prices are coming down because the writing is now on the wall. But you know what else made that list? It's not a regional bank. Stinking Schwab. Schwab. Schwab what? The largest IRA custodians on the planet. I mean, huge investment house, right? I mean, how does it tie to them? Schwab shares are falling off the face of the planet, right? Which tells us what? The people who invest in Schwab's, the ones that know, it's not retail investors that drive the stock market. It's big money. It's it's hedge funds. It's it's all these big huge players that that drive you know high frequency trading and and big huge money transfers. It's not the retail public. The retail public has no money right now, right? right. So so when the that, when that's the why the, they can be saying, hey, the stock market's doing great, and people are like, my life's not going great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's because 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 of COVID and a million other things, the middle class has been bled down to nothing. And it's this, these large hedge funds have money. And that's why Biden could be like the stock market. Look how it's good. That doesn't make two cents of difference to most people that don't have $400 mm-hmm. to cover car repair. It, it doesn't. So when you see these kind of big signals, shares falling off the cliff because of an announcement, you know, Basel three and the end of this, this term funding program, you know, it's like, boy, what do they see or what do they know that we don't know? This is why I think bank failures are coming. People should be very concerned about that, right? Because if okay. you have money in the bank, mm-hmm. which should be the safest asset that you have. Oh, by the way, that's no longer an asset of yours. After 2009, they, they changed right. the rules administratively um, and put in unified ledger stuff. And you are now a beneficial owner of your deposits, which means you're no longer the owner. You gave up owner to your checking and savings accounts to the bank so they can use it as collateral for bail-ins moving forward, right? So most people don't realize that because nobody reads a little fine print on the prospectus you get right. on the checking and savings account, but you no longer own your financial investments right. at, at financial investment houses, whether it's brokerage accounts or banks. They own it, and you are a beneficiary owner of the assets that you thought that you owned which means absolutely nothing. If you if there's a crisis and they need to use your funds as collateral to bail themselves out of derivatives debt, it's no longer yours. They'll pay you if they want to because you are a beneficial owner. That word sounds nice and fluffy, mm-hmm. but it's not nice and fluffy. It's awful. You gave up ownership. So this is the danger to me of banks failing upcoming here, which I do think is going to happen because they're going to lose their funding. They're losing their emergency funding. The fact that Jerome Powell didn't lower interest rates and people can't afford to make their payments already. So there's going to be delinquencies. A series of delinquencies ends up in default. Banks are already undercapitalized. 
This has warning signs all over it. So what I would do is reallocate out of your cash positions. You have to have some. I'm not saying get out of all of your cash, right? Because we still live in a cash world. You still have expenses. Mm-hmm. But I would I would reposition into silver right now, physical silver, to get it out of the path of that hurricane because I think the banks are not on solid footing right now. And we don't know which is the next mm-hmm. one that's going to fail. But if the share price collapsing, well, it's possibly PacWest, Zions Bank, Comerica Bank, um, Schwab. I mean, those are the ones that made the list where their stock yep. prices are just tanking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would start to make some moves in a positive direction. It's huge. So it's- Flyover family, you can go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page. When you get there, fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to help answer questions. It's a free consultation for you. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. But getting your money out of the bank into yes. something that's tangible, it's critical. I mean, this is this is a very important time to do that. Or you can call 720-605-3900. Now, just because you make that call doesn't mean you're you're not calling to buy silver. You're calling to set up an appointment to find out how this works, to find out what's best for you. Unless you're already a client, then you're in the, in the repeat, Mm -hmm. like what we do. But, uh, the the call is simply just to get you in the game to find out what is best for you Mm -hmm. and what your situation is. You know, are you 65 or 25? You know, what, what's your, Mm -hmm. your, your position? It's just to get informed so you can make a smart choice. That's it. So get in the queue to set up that appointment. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen in one minute. This isn't Uber Eats or something. You got to like kind of go through a process and find out what is best for you. These guys treat you with a ton of respect and give you options mm-hmm. and then let you have time. You go pray about it and find out what's best for you, but you got to set up the call. That's exactly right. Again, Flyover family, go to flyovergold.com or call 720 605 3900. You will be glad you did yes. big time. Thanks again for your time, Dr. Kirk. We appreciate it. My pleasure. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.